Welcome back. This week's article is titled, Let's Not Assist the Devil. It was late in the afternoon on February 28th, 2005, and I was in my office huddled around a small conference table with a few members of my staff, reviewing some plans about the future of our Christian school. It was common knowledge among the employees that when my door was shut and the blinds were closed, I was not to be interrupted. Yet on that day, a young lady who we hired only to answer the phones after school let out each day, she came to the window and feverishly knocked until I opened the door. Her eyes bulging and her face red with panic, she said, Mr. Lee, everyone is calling the school. As she spoke, I could hear the phone ringing nonstop in the admin area. What had happened? Here is an excerpt from the letter that I wrote to our school parents. I have replaced the name of our school with the words, Our School. And it goes on. Our school received an application from the co-host slash producer of a radio program, as per his words on the application. The application was reviewed and the school decided it was best for both the school and the parents that we were not going to partner with them in the education of their child. The school then wrote a personal letter to the parents, which included the reasons for declining the application. The parent then took the letter to his radio station and, along with his co-host, proceeded to malign the school for several hours. There were many things that were said by the two co-hosts, but much of it came down to their claim that the school was punishing the child for the fact that the father, the applicant and co-host producer, worked with a self-proclaimed slimy and vulgar person, that is, the other co-host, who does most of the speaking on the show, and he refers to that about himself. I went on later in the letter to give additional details to our parents. Quote, of course, there was the constant name-calling as they called us such things as hypocrites and cowards. Furthermore, blatant lies were told about the school, including that our school is not accredited, which we are, and that we had kept the registration fee from the application. The check was actually with the letter. We understand they corrected this later in the show. The radio program encouraged listeners to stay away from our school, disenroll, and quit if you work there. Sadly, many people called into the program and made comments based on believing that everything the host said was absolutely true, even professing Christians. A few derogatory calls were made to the school and emails were sent. All in all, this did not make for a very pleasant day. Unfortunately, this wasn't the last time we had to put out a raging PR fire, but it would have probably been worse if it happened today. Why? For one reason, the iPhone and Facebook were not yet created and the internet was still in its early days of development. The second reason, I think people today are more addicted to quote-unquote juicy news than ever before, and I'm including Christians in that statement. Recently, a young brother in the Lord came to me and told me that a well-known national pastor was about to be thrown out of his church. I asked him why, and he said because he stole money and lied to his people. I then asked him how he knew that it was true, and he said, I don't know all about it, but I saw a trailer for a YouTube video that is coming out. So I said, you haven't actually seen the video? And he said, no. And then I asked him who had made the video, and he said that it was a number of people in that pastor's congregation. Hearing that, 
I had to warn him to not believe any of it until the information could be validated to be true, and not to mention it to anyone. Following that, another well-known pastor got into hot water two weeks ago when his counsel to a grandmother regarding her attendance at an LGBTQ wedding became public. This case is different from the previous case I mentioned because the facts of the matter were easily verified by watching a video of the pastor speaking. In citing both cases, I'm not here to debate or declare what these men have done is right or wrong. However, what I'm trying to do is make us think about the Christian response to the gossip that comes to us in our church circles locally, as well as the salacious news that hits us from national figures. As mentioned earlier, we did not have the multitude of social media tools back in 2005, and that was a blessing. But now we have literally millions of people who have websites, blogs, videos, and so on, and they're constantly telling us what to buy or how to look or what to think. I'm not a Luddite, so please don't hear me saying that it's all bad. But I am saying that the danger is real, and Christians need to think about what they're hearing even from Christian purveyors. I watched the video of the pastor giving counsel to the grandmother, so I know personally exactly what the pastor said. But when I went online, I saw so-called reporting that was absolutely ungodly. Most Christian bloggers and YouTube talking heads stated that the pastor had said he approves of Christians attending gay weddings. However, what the pastor said was intended for this one person who was asking counsel from him. This particular pastor, by the way, is well known for his bold preaching about all things LGBTQ, and some of the talking heads even made note of that, while at the same time, they were recategorizing his entire ministry now as pro-LGBTQ. One YouTuber with more than 500,000 subscribers led with the line that this pastor was speaking for the devil. As I watched this story develop over the two weeks, it seemed like most of these guardians of Christianity couldn't stop going back to any fresh meat on this story. Many of them said that they felt bad about reporting it, but they had been asked by their listeners to tell them what they thought about it. So, I guess if your audience asks you to do something, you must do it, no matter what it is. And then there are the comments that follow, and this is the worst part for me. You would think that if we just had this pastor in our presence and had a good-sized piece of wood at hand, we could just go ahead and burn him at the stake. Of course, we also have those who are on the other side of the issue and want to defend the pastor no matter what. It reminded me of the time my wife and I attended a church where the lead pastor, another nationally known preacher, had gotten a divorce and refused to step down from his position as being unqualified. There was a huge church meeting, and people stood in line to go to the microphone and make their case for the dismissal or acceptance of the pastor. And one man stood up and said, We can't let him go. Pastor so-and-so is our Moses. Horrible. Well, I think at this point that I'm just venting some frustration over the fact that confusion and the spreading of false information is the handiwork of who? Yes, Satan. And it seems to me that much of what he does to destroy people and the church are things that we partake in. We must be very careful to discern what we're seeing and hearing in the world around us.
So here are just a few reminders. One, the default setting for us should be the same one that the Bereans had. We're not believing anything until we have done the research ourselves. Reference Acts 17.11, where it says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They were checking on the Apostle Paul. 2. Know that the truth can easily be misrepresented with devastating effect. The Apostle Paul was preaching that grace can overcome the penalty and power of any sin, but some were saying that if God is that gracious and he's glorified when doing it, why not just sin all the time? Paul writes this in Romans 3.8, But if our righteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. By no means. For then, how could God judge the world? But if through my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come? as some people slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just. Hmm. Three, remember that the Lord Jesus commanded that we are to love our brothers, and even though one of these pastors may have made a mess of their ministry, and they're a thousand miles away from us, he is still our brother, and our hearts and prayers should be for him. Four, Understand that when we perpetuate the destruction of one of God's people by either listening to gossip or facilitating its spread, we are aiding and abetting the devil in his never-ending effort to sow chaos into the worldwide church. 5. Who should you go to for truth? Well, the answer is Jesus, our shepherd. We go to him first, that is, read your Bible. And then second, his appointed under-shepherd, your pastor. 6. Remember the words of Paul to the Thessalonians. He was urging them to walk in holiness, and toward this end of the letter he writes, But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. 1 Thessalonians 4, 10-12 that's a good word from Paul. We should spend much more time focused on our own walk with the Lord, doing our work and taking care of our families because the world is watching us. May the Lord help us to do so. See you next time.